I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Hey, you guys, and welcome back to the news du jour, a calmer space to consume the news. So here at the top, I just wanted to say a huge thank you for being here. We are always striving to make our show better for you guys and to serve you guys in the most effective way and make sure that we're reaching our goals of helping you guys have a calmer space to consume the news and feel more informed in your day-to-day life. We have a survey that is linked in our show notes where you can answer questions about the impact News Du Jour has or has not made on your life. We would love your feedback because it's only going to help our show to improve. If you're interested in filling out the survey. It's just 12 questions. It's really short. And again, the link is in our show notes. Thank you so much in advance. Today, we are going to spend the entirety of the episode on Israel updates, but I did have one update that was kind of breaking right as I was going to record this. So I'll go ahead and start off with that one. Essentially, what I was reading was that the House of Representatives has passed sanctions against Hamas fighters, and I haven't done a ton of background research, but reading this headline, what I'm guessing is going on is that the high-profile figures that we know are worth billions of dollars, I think that's who they're probably sanctioning in order to, you know, help suspend their funds as much as possible because we know that they are fueling this fight against Israel. So just wanted to keep you guys posted on that. Again, I saw that headline right as I was heading in, so I don't have a ton of background info for you guys. But if this ends up being a bigger deal, I'll definitely give you guys more details come Monday. But it seems like Benjamin Netanyahu is set on destroying Hamas and Israel is pressing forward to do so come what may. But let's say that they succeed or even if they don't, what happens then? And that is the exact question that President Biden is actually already looking towards. He is starting right now to champion peacekeeping efforts for the long term after this war between Israel and Hamas comes to a close. The U.S. is already making plans to send in peacekeeping efforts in the form of troops and aid. If you didn't know, a lot of what our troops did in Afghanistan was actually peacekeeping efforts. We talked about that, you know, years ago now on the podcast, but in the past. Now that we have done things like that. Not that we did them spectacularly well, but we learned a lot. Rebuilding once this war is over seems to be already a top priority for the Biden administration, making sure that everyday Gazans are allowed to come back and able to come back and that they get our help in rebuilding their lives. 
President Biden is also asking that there be a pause in the ongoing combat and bombardment, according to the New York Times, an article they put out yesterday, November 2nd, 2023. So these are fresh calls for a pause. He wants these pauses in order to really streamline aid efforts, getting in things like clean water, food and medicine really flowing into Gaza. He also wanted the pause in order to really search for these hostages. If you guys remember, Gaza is not a large area. It's about the size of New Jersey, in case you didn't know. So there's only so many places these people can be, right? So Given that they haven't really been letting people out, it is understood internationally that Biden is shifting his focus to really searching for these hostages. However, NPR reported yesterday morning that a minimum of 100 aid trucks are now flowing into Gaza daily. So that was, if you guys remember, the minimum number that the UN was looking to send in in order to meet people's most basic needs. I've also read that prior to the war, at least 500 trucks of aid were already coming into Gaza with aid for people there daily, 500 trucks before people lost everything. So 100 trucks is definitely not nearly enough because Gazans were already living in really dire circumstances. Like we mentioned yesterday, people are now able to be leaving Gaza, which is incredible, including Americans who have been trapped there, and they're leaving through the Rafah crossing that we have talked about before into Egypt. This is a significant step, knowing that Israel believes it just took out some key fighters. Maybe that's why the shift has happened. Maybe they wanted to take out a few key players before allowing the flow of travel in and out of Gaza. Or maybe Egypt wanted that because, as we know, they have been wary of Hamas fighters coming into their own country. So Israel is making serious progress when it comes to defeating Hamas, according to the BBC. They did lose 15 of their own soldiers in this fight. And Jabalia, the neighborhood that the refugee camp was in that we talked about yesterday, they were struck again. Now, This is the part where I really begin to lose it. It is just heart-wrenching, you guys. The numbers of casualties are so widely disputed, and I don't even really feel responsible trying to give you guys an estimate because some news outlets are saying like 50 people, and then that ranges to like thousands. So it's really hard to determine how many people might have been killed in this Jabalia area. Um... I'm going to circle back with a number once I find one that seems solid, but I know that a lot of news sources are now very skeptical of information coming out of Gaza, so they're being conservative when reporting these numbers and holding numbers back quite a bit, so I hope to have more solid numbers for you guys in the future, but suffice it to say, children were killed in these blasts. Civilians living on top of Hamas tunnels paid the price for October 7th, and the cycle of violence has been perpetuated again and again and again on this land for hundreds of years. Their crime? 
simply coming into existence in this place. And my heart almost breaks more for those who are still alive and in pain. Many, many more children were injured without sufficient medical treatment in this area to take care of them properly. I know they're hurting right now as I speak this these words. This area in northern Gaza is the place where people were told to flee from. But as we've talked about before on the show, not everyone is able to just pick up and leave their lives. Not everyone is able to run for their lives, whether it's their health, their livelihood, relatives who need them, lack of transportation and resources. The list can truly go on for legitimate and solid reasons why people have no choice but to brave the bombs. And some paid with their lives, others with their limbs, and again, all for just being alive on this land. But according to the AP, Yemen's Houthi rebels have claimed an attack on Israel now. So they've launched missiles into Israel and Iran is also their main sponsor. So Iran is now funding attacks on Israel by both Hamas and Yemen now. So the cycle continues and God forbid it draws more and more of us in until it swallows the world whole. Bolivia cut off all diplomatic ties with Israel, and both Chile and Colombia are considering the same. And they are recalling their ambassadors to Israel right now, so the real-life ramifications of this conflict are widening already piece by piece. We all want a lasting solution. We all want things to de-escalate. We all want peace. But people have different ideas of what that looks like or how it is to be accomplished. Biden wants a two-state solution, much like Clinton, Bush, Obama, and Trump before him. The U.S. has pretty much always advocated for this, and frankly, so has Israel. The major blockage to Palestine being formalized as a country is that they refuse to acknowledge Israel as a nation as well. It's all or nothing for the Palestine advocates. And unless they can acknowledge Israel as a nation and promise not to attack it, a two-state solution remains completely out of reach. But Biden seems to be dead set on this as his solution. So we'll see what a skilled diplomat he is or is not based on this. Again, this is something that a long line of presidents before him have tried to achieve fruitlessly. Let's see if he can get it done. And that is the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you guys with the quote, Sometimes reaching out and taking someone's hand is the beginning of a journey. At other times, it is allowing another to take yours. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review on that platform or a shout out on social media would mean the world to us and help us to be able to keep creating the news du jour and reach more people who need a calmer space to consume the news. But the best way to support all of our work is to become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash sugar free media. And that is also linked in our show notes. You can follow us on social media at newsdujour.podcast on both Instagram and TikTok. You can follow my personal account at it's Annie Bowles on both platforms as well.
Any little noises you may hear in the background are my rescue pup. He has a little separation anxiety and always records with me. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from... Oh.